Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to a fancy episode 58, the safe place where I'm allowed to speak openly about my criticisms of people and society. I'm your host, Frenny's Coupe, and I hope you remember that name until your dying days. Let's get into it. What is up? What is up? What is up, you guys? It's Thanksgiving Day. I'm out here recording because I finally have a day off. Don't get me wrong. Like the job is going, it's, it's sailing, but it does take a lot of my time up. And I do want to make sure that um, I start selling before I can actually consistently upload and stuff just so I can save up for my apartment, get that shit going, and keep it moving, keep it pushing. You know, you know, you know. So it is Thanksgiving, so I'm sure you guys are stuffing your faces up, stuffing them up, stuffing them up, stuffing them up. But, you know, you're with your family, and sometimes that could be bad memories, or sometimes it could be great memories, however you perceive your family. That's none of my business. But uh, the holidays, like I said, can be tough for a lot of people. Um, Those who lost people, it could be a different dynamic for you and how do you get through it how do you get through this so-called joyous time without those who you love you know so this is not going to be a joyous I wouldn't say my episodes are joyous they're ironically funny enough um but I would say this is more of a deep topic a deep topic that I don't even have a name for this episode so when I come up with the name You'll see it, and then you're going to be like, oh, that one episode, 58, so-and-so, I don't know. It's it's coming up, but I did want to just take the time to vent while I am not here at work, um, just to, to say what's going through my mind, because it's, it is a rough time for me, and I do find talking on the mic to be very therapeutic, and also, I don't want to be inside, so I'm in the car, and I just need to be away from the family, let's just be honest with that, Um so I can quickly give this rundown, and this episode would not be structured, and you guys probably think the rest aren't structured, but I didn't write not a single thing down, it's just me just going off, just giving advice, uh, just explaining what's going through my head, and maybe I can help somebody else, so I'm going to try to keep it under 30, because this can be longer than 30, but I'm going to try to keep it under 30 minutes, just just give a quick rundown of the situation, uh, get, you know, just, just try to relate to whoever I can and just be myself at the end of the day so uh going back last year at this time was Thanksgiving um I I was back for um from college for Thanksgiving break um it was fine everything was cool um and then the, the day after it was Black Friday of course you fucking Americans and you're shopping um Black Friday was the day that my brother did pass away and it's just been downhill from there. Let's just be honest. Um, because you hear all these stories about something traumatic happening to someone. And they just use that as their motivation. Just to keep doing well and keep on pushing. But it's it's, it's not like that, Dr. Phil. Um, it's really not. Um, you, you, you tell yourself all of these encouraging words and you make posts on social media, like, 
I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to keep on pushing every day. This is what you wanted me to do. Uh, yeah, this person will want me to do this, so I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be positive. But that's not how it happens. It's not a switch that you could just click on and click off. And that's exactly what I thought grief for me was going to be. <laughs> because I was one of those people. I did I did make the post. I, I made the post. It was, uh, what was it? a week before his funeral about a week before and then you know made the post and like oh I'm gonna keep on pushing because this is what you wanted me to do but it's not yeah again Dr. Phil it's it's real it's really not and then when I would have a slip up I'm gonna try to watch my clicking because I know that gets annoying um uh, when you have a slip up and then people remind you, you posted that, <laughs> you said this stuff. So why don't you do it? Bitch is hard. <laughs> it's, 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 it's really hard. And I try to be a, a, I try to be a productive member in this society here. Uh, for this year, I tried to power through school. I tried to, uh, you know, keep. Uh, consistent good habits like maybe going to the gym uh, maybe not channeling um, my grief into things like partying and drinking you know just putting my priorities on the back burner but that is what I did somehow that's that's what I managed to do and I didn't want to do it and the next week I would be like I'm gonna start over I'm going to do all this. I'm going to submit all my assignments. I'm going to upload consistently. I'm going to go to work every day. I'm not going to get drunk this day. And it just didn't happen like that. It really didn't happen like that. Until all of the 52 weeks, they go past. They go past. They go past. They go past. And then you're here 52 weeks later. And then you were like, this year fucking sucked. I didn't do shit. I was a failure. And then um, I'm stuck here, still thinking about it, every single day, wondering if at this point, if it even is a valid excuse for all of the failures that did happen this year. Am I making an excuse or am I grieving properly? Why can't I get over it? I don't know. Uh, lots of open-ended questions there. So this is just an episode about uh, dealing um, with grief around the holidays and my personal situation a year after my oldest brother's death. Um so we can get into that as I say in every other episode let's get into it alrighty now we're back and we are tissued up this is actually a napkin and it's quite rough hopefully it doesn't mess up my skin 
skin because I do get rashes easily. You guys didn't need to know about my eczema, but I do have eczema, and this is it's a tough time for our, for our eczema survivors out here. We're we're living, we're pushing. All right, so let's get serious. Um, so we can go over the day first, okay? So Thanksgiving, it was quite uh normal. You know, you eat, you do whatever. I started taking out my braids because the braids they they needed to be taken down. They were quite crusty and people do criticize me for leaving in my braids too long but you know what shut the fuck up that's my business <laughs> so I, I was taking out my braids so my sister can braid my hair on that Saturday um it was really normal my brother did not come out of his room all day uh because he he never really came out of his room. He was he was really dealing uh, with a lot with his uh, illness there. So we kind of over time just normalized him. I mean y'all y'all already know from my past episode eleven uh, of the the uh, story with my brother and him suffering from what he was suffering from. So it was normal. Uh, my grandma would always try at it, try to get him to come out come out of his room and eat. Um, but she texted him, you're going to come down and eat. And he didn't, he said, I'll eat later. And that was the last time she said anything to him, but it was over text. That was the last time, like that was any communication between them. So I think that still kind of gets to her a bit. Um, I heard her talking about it today. This is, I wish my windows were tinted, but they're not. Gosh, I'm recording in the car, by the way. So, um, that's what happened it was normal um then the friday morning um i was sleeping on the couch downstairs and i see my mom there really early because my sister was going to braid her hair that day that friday and you know i'm like hey what's up um i think my brother came down to get some food yeah my my, my brother came down to get some food i saw a little glimpse of him Went back to bed, and then a few hours later, I got up to uh, continue uh, unbraiding my hair because I was lazy, and I didn't want to do it all in one night. Um, so I'm, I'm up, and then my sister and my mom, they're upstairs. She's doing my mom's hair. Then um, I get a knock. I see a knock on the door. I'm just in the, um, we call it the living room. I get a knock on the door and I see it's the popo. Like, what the popo doing here? And then they come up, I answer the door. They're asking me questions like, is there a male that lives here, uh, 25, like in their twenties? I'm like, um, yes, (laughs) but he never leaves this room. So I don't know what you guys are talking about. We're like, what happened? And, uh, sorry, it's really tough for me, but we're doing this and this, this is my therapy, this is my therapy, guys. Okay. Yeah. So, so they're like, check to see if he's there, check to see if he's there. So I'm like, what are you talking about? My my grandma comes downstairs and then she's like, yeah, he never leaves this room. He's okay. He's fine. So that's when, um. That's uh, when I decide to go up there and just check him. Like, there's no way. Like, he's he's in his room. He never leaves his room. So then I open up the door. The door's unlocked, and he's not in there. It's just 
empty. And the window was open. And the wind was blowing. The, the window was just wide open. And I'm like, he's not here. So, of course, we're all, we're asking questions like, yo, like, where, where do you go? Like, no, when we're asking the police questions, because they're over here speak, speaking in code. We're like, yo, uh, what happened? What happened? Can you tell us what happened? Did he hurt anybody? Did he hurt anybody? What's going on? Do you know where is he? So they didn't want to tell us anything because uh, they wanted to tell his parents. Well, my parents, duh. Like, but my mom happened to be there that day. She's never there because uh, she doesn't live with us. Uh, <coughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'll edit that out for you. Um, so my mom is there, and then she comes down, and she's like, she's like, what happened? Like. She said, I'm his mom. What happened? So I called my dad and I'm like, um, hey, like, uh, my brother's missing. Like, what's what's going on? Um, and then they, the, the police officer also asked uh, if they, he had access to a gun. I'm like, there are no guns around here. And keep in mind, I don't know. I don't know shit because I'm in college most of the year. And they're like, oh, uh, I, there's no gun in the house. There's no gun in the house. Um, and then I called my dad. I was like, hey, like, do you know where your gun is? And he was like, I keep it in the car. I'm like, okay. And I would check the car. And he checks the car. And the gun is not there. It's not there. So we're like, oh my God. Did he hurt somebody? Like, what's going on? So, uh... So then I'm like, you need to uh, come here right now. The police are here. Your gun is missing. And uh, they're, they're not telling us what's going on until you get here. They're not telling us anything. So uh, so uh, he gets back. Uh, my mom's still talking to police officers. And I think they told her. But she just, she didn't say what happened uh she she kind of just uh I saw tears running down nobody nobody saw him but me but she didn't say because I guess she was in shock and keep in mind in my 20 I was 22 at the time I'm 23 now uh 22 years of life I've never ever seen my mother cry and that's when I knew something, something had happened. Something bad had happened. Even though I shouldn't say nothing, something happened. And we we're all just like, what happened? What happened? But kind of had a, I don't know if I had a feeling. I'm trying to picture myself, but I just wanted to know what happened because ain't nobody saying shit, you know? So then my dad speeds back here. He was driving downtown to uh, drop my aunt off, but he comes back here. And he comes back here with my aunt and comes in the house. And then my grandmother, my grandmother and I, my sister were in the living room sitting down. And my dad comes in there. The police already spoke to him. And then they they tell him that. He tells us, my dad tells us, he's gone. He did it. And I was like... What? 
you know, I'm just, I'm like, just like, what, what is happening? And, uh, yeah, I was just really shocked. My grandma hadn't, my grandma hadn't, uh, heard, heard what, what he said. Cause my grandma is, I love her, love her to death. She's infamous, she's infamous for her, huh? What? What'd you say? You know how grandmas are. She's, she's very young, 86, but she's, she's definitely hard of hearing. Um, and then I tell her, I was like, he's gone. He killed himself. And that's when she breaks down. It, it was just so much going on. And they say that, uh, no, they say it happened, uh, it was caught, they found that police came here because it was caught on someone's uh, doorbell. Their ring, their ring doorbell, uh, you know the rings, the, the ones, you know, with the camera. And that's that's who called the police because they saw it from there and he did it behind the garage. And he did it with my dad's gun. So, I do find out later in the day that my brother texted my father and he says... How do you use your gun? And my dad texts him back. You're uh doesn't matter. Uh you're not gonna do anything with it, right? He was like, No. And then somehow his gun is missing and my brother is dead. Shoots himself. With my dad's gun. So of course just being in shock the first day or week let's let's just let's just say week you're gonna blame you're gonna blame the person whose gun it is you're gonna blame them but you can't it's no point it's no point of blaming it because everything happened and his he was not to say he was just so far gone it was just like everyone did what they thought was right they did, and to to blame my father for that was wrong. But that's how I initially thought. Everyone's blaming each other. Everyone's doing this, doing that, saying this. It's your fault. You should have done this. You should have done that. There's no point. Everyone's in shock. Everyone's distraught. Everyone's sad. And this all happened over Thanksgiving break. <laughs> So me wanting to be out the house, <laughs> just out of all the chaos, out of all of that, out of the memories, but I have to be here now and I have to deal with that. I have to live with it, but I had the luxury of actually driving back to campus just to get away from it and just process my thoughts and just be by myself because it, it was traumatic. It is traumatic. Um, just the, the remembering when they took him away, when they put him in the stretcher, put the red body bag, put him in the red body bag, and just took him away. That, that moment, it just kind of replaced in my head. Because all the years, every all the memories, 
my only oldest brother, my only oldest sibling, fuck that, the one who knew me the most out of anyone on this earth was reduced to a dead body in a bag being taken away and his life was over just like that that was just so hard for me to deal with and I'm still dealing with it I'm still suffering from it I'm still suffering from it every day every day every day it's been 363 days. And I think about it every single day. And I can't get over it. It just hurts so bad that I really couldn't take a break from life. Because let's be honest, life, it just keeps on going on. And I had to get back to school. I wasn't taking a break from school. I was not. I was I was going to keep on. I was determined to finish. I came back from break and I did what I could. Got the extensions I needed. And I finished off the, the semester. And I had to go to work. I had to deal with life. I had to deal with classes. I had to deal with work. I had to deal with people. Because nothing really stopped for me. And then after graduation... Um, I had to I had to make money. I had to go I had to find a job. I had to make it work. I had to do everything with failure sprinkled in. And I mentioned just all everything just seeming like a failure in this past year. Hell yeah, it seemed like a failure. I got back from Thanksgiving break. Went out that following Monday to the bar. Even I told my friend, I said, I don't know if I can make it. I really don't know if I can make it. I'm going through all this. And that friend, it's not really a friend. We're not friends. No, we're no longer friends. But she actually never told me I'm sorry for the loss. She actually never did anything like that. So that was that was fucked up in my mind. Well, in a, in a normal person's mind. But I'm not friends with normal people, clearly. Uh, I went out for a birthday to the bar. I'm like... Let's let's do what we do. And then I didn't realize. I'm like, I'm just going to be here for a second. Just going to have a couple drinks like I always do. But, you know, when you're drunk, all that comes out. So I drank and I drank and I drank and I drank until I blacked out. I was on the ground and I was reduced to videos of me in the morning on the ground uh, with the bouncer. Wanted to call the, uh, not the cops, what were they called, the ambulance on me? <laughs> the ambulance he was literally gonna call the ambulance on me but my friend somehow got my drunk ass home uh they took the they they got me home i just woke up with just this i don't know sadness still the alcohol was was temporary relief for me and i just woke up so depressed laid in bed sad i don't want to speak to anyone today <laughs> i don't i really don't And everyone's telling me it's fine. Everyone goes through their stuff. But again, I just I just felt so lonely. Like 
there was no one to talk to. I didn't feel comfortable really speaking to my family because we're not the most trusting people when it comes to just like opening up and stuff like that. I never felt comfortable doing that. So now wasn't the time to, to do it. And then also it was that strange dynamic where it was like, you have to be strong for me. People telling you that you have to be strong for them. I'm like, I'm going through this loss too. This is my brother. Like, uh, it was my dad telling me that. Like, you have to be there for your grandma. You have to be there for me. You have to hold it down. When my feelings were not considered. And I still feel like that. Because the other day, my dad was, I think he was driving me, he was driving me to work at like 5 in the morning. And uh, he says, he's, you know, I could tell he's going through it, even though he doesn't like cry about it, but just the way how he talks, he just sounds so defeated. He didn't go to he didn't go to work that previous day, but he's just like, I don't see how you do it. Uh, you're so strong. You managed to graduate and everything, so uh, it's not really hitting you that hard. You're able to keep on going. But like all the shit that I did, <laughs> the do you know that all about those depressive moments? Uh. The drink thing, I mean, I told them about when I went to the ER, about my mental breakdowns I would have. But all that, I'm, of course, I'm not going to sit here and display that to you guys or on social media or any of that. I'm just going to, that's what people do. They they suffer in silence. And then on the outside, they're just this uh, cheerful, joyous person. And that's probably what you guys think I am. You just think I'm over here cracking jokes all the time. Well, it's true. But... On the other side, oh no, sorry, on the inside, I was just depressed, and I was turning to alcohol, and I was just a really angry person, and I just felt so alone, and just to hear stuff like that, like, you're fine, you're doing great, like, no, I'm not. And I didn't tell anybody this. I didn't tell friends, not family, not not strangers, not the cats outside. But it was uh, one time. This was back in June, I believe. June, yes, it was June. Early June, I found out that I had failed two classes. And... I couldn't get my uh, degree. And then I was like, fuck. <laughs> I drank my ass off this semester. I partied my ass off. And I didn't do a fucking lick of homework. And I failed two classes. And I needed to retake a couple uh this class in order to get my diploma. Or degree, diploma, same shit. And I said, I'm over it. <laughs> I'm I'm so over it. I am over it. Um, so what I did was I went back to Champaign because I still wasn't moved out yet. I was working down here, but I, I just went to Champaign for the weekend. And I said to myself, 
I am going to kill myself tonight. I I am determined to drink myself to death so I don't have to live in the morning. Because I don't see the bright side out of... What, what the fuck is the phrase? Okay, like, look at me trying to be all poetic and shit. I don't see the bright side, the brightness at the end of this tunnel. There we go. I don't see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. That's the, that's that's what it is. I don't see it. I just see myself fucking up. I see myself failing. I see myself just nothing is going right. Nothing has looked up. And this has been a whole fucking year. You think you just have a bad month? Bitch, no. It's twelve. One times 12. It's like, I'm like, when are things starting to look up? And I'm like, that must be much better than this shit. Because I am not here for it. I just saw myself just going down and down and down and down and down. And I'm like, I, it's over it. It's over it. I didn't say goodbye to anybody. So I just went to my apartment. Because I, I was by myself. I bought. Um, I had some uh, leftover liquor. And I bought a fifth. And I was like okay. So I haven't actually drank a fifth before. If I drink this entire fifth. And. Um, I have. I have. Uh, the rest of this liquor up here. Then I can. Die from alcohol intoxication. I was literally trying to do that. So I drank and I drank and I blacked out in my apartment. I don't remember shit. Pretty sure I I thought I drank enough, but I just woke up. And I was like, fuck, I'm alive. <laughs> but the fact that I was, I was legit going to do that, but I just blacked out to a point where I forgot how much I drank. I did. I drank a whole fifth of liquor. I, I needed more, apparently, uh, to actually kill myself because my tolerance was so high. But I didn't drink enough to kill myself. I woke up and I was alive. And I said, what happened last night? And then just, again, that that post-depression alcohol, you just come down because alcohol is a depressant. All day I just felt like shit. Because, again, I was hungover and I was alive. But the next day, on that Sunday, I just drove back. And I just went to work, and I pretended like nothing happened. Like, I wasn't just trying to kill myself. Like, I didn't drink. Like, I was trying to kill myself. And I just went to work and told nobody. Not friends, not family, not the cats, not the strangers, not the neighbors. And I just pretended like everything was fine. And you would think you would just have one moment where you just fuck up. And you learn your lesson, but that's not the case. Before that, I got really fucked up. Went to the ER because I hit my head. The bouncers called the ambulance on me because I got too drunk. Hit my head. Almost finished the fifth of tequila. Hit my head on the curb. Was unconscious. Bouncers called the ambulance. Well, and I was banned for a week from the bar. I didn't even know. I'm like, not banned if you don't tell me, you know. So I wanted to go back to the bar after a spring break. And I was like, in order to go back, I need to speak to the bouncers. <laughs> my friends my friends told me, like, they just said you, they said you could come back, 
but you need to have a talk with them. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not the uncle. Like I, I really felt like they were my uncles. So uh, had to talk, and they were like, since uh, November, late November, you've been drinking like you wanted to kill yourself. And I was like, first of all, why are you watching my drinking habits? Second off, oh, you notice me? <laughs> so they noticed how my drinking had picked up. I was really in drinker than usual. Uh, you know, I was just drinking to forget something. And then that's when I just let it all out. And that's when I actually saw, like, yo, like, I ain't even going to die if I keep this up. And I wanted that to be my awakening so bad. I just want, I just looked and I just seek, sought, seek, I sought for, I'm not going to grammar guys. I'm really not. I wasn't an English major. I just sought like for something just to be my moment, something to change my life, some program to change my life, some event to happen. But that was not the moment. Cause after that, like I said, I did try to kill myself with alcohol that June. That was that the uh the incident with the ambulance happened in March and I tried to kill myself in June. Purposely. With the I wanted to be found dead in my fucking apartment. Literally. And then, you know, thinking about like, okay, it doesn't have to be anything traumatic. Maybe it could be a program so then that's when I tried for this internship over the summer you know everyone's talking about how it changed their lives blah 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 became a business owner bitch that was a cult <laughs> it was a cult let's just be honest now uh it really felt like a cult it was very culty so I thought like okay I'm gonna do this uh, do this program all over the summer and then maybe it's gonna change my life I'm gonna practice better habits fuck no I left after the fourth day of training we didn't even get to the internship for real uh I, I just had a breakdown I couldn't have it because I needed a break because I left the day after graduation to go to Nashville and I just needed a break I couldn't deal with it in reality I did not want to be with them all summer because they were so annoying so annoying and I thought it was just sales that that were that was annoying but no it's really not it was them not me like come on they were very annoying and they were trying to control me and I said bitch I'm 22 years old like you're not gonna tell me when to eat a turkey sandwich <laughs> So that's that's why I left. Uh, but it was that. Like, I had a breakdown in the middle of training. And I just couldn't breathe. And they were like, you should go home. And I, at first I did not because I was like, I don't want to be a quitter. I want this to be my moment. I want this to change my life. I, I want to be normal again. Not saying I was ever normal, but I just want to be sane. I don't want to keep on going down, going down, going down. Keep on fucking up, fucking up, fucking up, fucking up, fucking up. Fuck it up, fuck it up. Hey, of course I was going to say that. Uh, I just don't want to feel this way. And I was just trying so hard to find that key to put it in the hole and unlock the door to to a sense of normalcy because people lose people all the time and they continue to go on. But I was just so hard on myself. I do still feel like I am hard on myself. Uh, it wasn't it. So even now, 
I do find a job that I somewhat like. And even when I wasn't doing well at first, it was hard to to actually, you know, get people on the phone and sell. Um, it was it was just really hard for me to do that. And then they were like, "Hey, yo, if you're not really progressing, then maybe it's not for you." And I was determined to make it for me. I'm like, "You're not fucking taking this away from me." And if anyone is listening from work. And no offense. Uh, but I'm saying, I say, you're not going to take this away from me. I lost too much. I failed too many times. You're not going to take this away from me. And I mean this the, the best way possible because I was saying this in my head. I was determined to do no matter what to make it through because honestly, nobody knows what I've been through. And I was like, I want to do this, so I'm going to make it work. So maybe this is the key. Who knows? I just needed something. So, that's just me just going on, pushing on, living life the best way I can in these times. But like I said, I'm over here thinking about him every single day. Every single day. And I really don't know if this would happen, if this would happen. I just don't know. And that's really my feelings about it as a whole. Um, Now we can get on to Frenice's final thoughts. Just so I can all tie this up in a bow. As unorganized as this episode was, we're going to keep it under an hour. Um, Just my final thoughts. uh, some, Some advice. Uh, a, a big takeaway things like that so let's get into it guys let's get into it Whew. and we're back and we're back we're back and back black black I'm black yes all right on to finish final thoughts just to summarize this because I do feel like I was really unorganized this entire episode but we can get into it so some takeaways uh definitely with the uh, grief thing Give yourself grace. And I I know I say this, and I'm not doing it, but it is good advice. Give yourself grace. Because the times I did give myself grace, I realized, like, yo, you've been through some shit. So so let let the shit settle in before you go on and do this. Also, there's not going to be one defining moment for you just to change your life around. You hear all these people's stories about, traumatic things happening to them and them overcoming it you don't see the behind the scenes of that you just see the the tip of the iceberg of of that after everything they went through after all the processing they they went through until they and they're at that point but there's there's not going to be one defining moment there so stop letting social media fool you that's why i'm just here to be straight up and honest about shit Um, that's why i'm here i'm not offending you today but if i am then too fucking bad okay you gotta, you gotta just see that everything's not a movie, and it is gonna be tough. And you are gonna think about this person, and life is gonna change for you. But you don't get, you don't get over it. You're never well for me, <laughs> or anyone going through grief. You're never, ever gonna get through it. Never. The only thing that actually happens is, you just get stronger, and you just learn. To live without that person. You're just learning. 
And then over time, it's normal. Like for me, 22 years, over 22 years of having my big brother in my life. He was 24. I was 22. Same mom, same dad, grew up together, same hobbies. I would never admit this to to his face because I'm stubborn. (laughs) I'm I'm the most stubborn bitch in the land, okay? I would never admit that I looked up to him. Everything he did, I tried to do. We watched WWE together all the time, so I liked it. We played basketball outside every day. I wanted to play basketball. It's just so many things. So many things that we did together that I see that just remind me of him. That I still do to this day. The basketball. The wrestling. The music. Every little thing. Just. Losing someone like that. Your closest friend. That I will never get back. I will never. Have somebody to know me the way. He. Knew me. And I would never have that. So I have to learn to live without it. And it's going to take longer than these 363 days. Let's just be honest. It's going to be longer than those 363 days. A year, two years. It's going to be longer. And I need to accept that. But am I ready to accept it now? No. And that's why you do have to give yourself grace. That's why you have to do it. And also, I would like to highlight the importance of actually talking about your issues. But everyone doesn't have that luxury. Me, don't have that luxury. I tried to see a therapist and the bitch was a parrot. Meaning, I say something, she repeated it. Oh, our time. That's our time. Huh? What you mean? What you mean? I could purchase a, a parent from PetSmart, save money, and could have the, the same results. So, you're not going to find that therapist that, that you click with right, right away. Maybe it may take two times, three times, four times, five times, ten times. But be determined to find that person. And if you don't feel like it, you don't feel like it. You don't need to ha- it's not going to happen right away. But it is important. If you have a friend, talk to your friends. And also, don't blame your friends. <laughs> don't blame your friends because they don't understand. They're never going to understand. And you are going to feel alone. Just being honest, you are going to feel alone. You are going to feel alone. Because they don't understand what you're going through. And you don't want to be a mood killer by bringing it up. And also, don't hope anyone feels the way that you do because this shit hurts 
it hurts. It hurts like knives, like glass in your foot. So do I want anyone else to feel that way? The way I'm feeling? No. So just accept that fact. Don't be like, no one's there for me. No one's there for me. No. They may not know what to do. They may not know what, what to, to say. Just know that this is going to be a hard, lonely process. But if you can, and if you find the right person, just talk about it and seek help. Definitely do that. Definitely do that. Definitely do do all that you can do. Because I can say this stuff, but I'm not, I don't see a therapist right now. And not to say from my bad experience, it wasn't necessarily a bad experience. It was just not the right person. It was just not the right person for me. And I don't have a family. I, well, some of you guys do come from a family like mine where you don't actually openly talk about your issues, then, hey, this will help. Or you want to talk to friends rather than family. Talk talk to friends. Do that. But it's it's really important. And I have this part, I have this microphone to, to talk to. So that's so that's what I'm doing. Just please seek help. It's it's okay to seek help. It's okay to talk. Because sometimes talking makes you feel a lot better. I feel a lot better just talking here. I do feel a lot better just talking. It's rough, man. It's really rough. But also, um, I had a dream. I had a dream last night about my brother. And I already know, like, when I'm thinking about something a lot, I have a dream about it. So, like, I was dreaming about insurance. <laughs> I was dreaming about all, all, every single one of my dreams that have been about insurance before I dreamed about my brother last night. And here's the dream. We're out here in the in the back and he got out of the car. And he was he was himself. He was himself before he got uh really sick. He said, Hey We need to hang up hang out before I go back. And it was unclear on back where, like, because it was like he never died in my dream. It was like that. I think I was, I was imagining prison or something like, oh, before you go back, you book out of prison, yo. So I think it was like prison or something. He said, we need to hang out b- before we go back. And we were hanging out. We were joking around. He was himself. He had his laugh. He had his smile. We had our bond. And then he's like, he's in this bus and he keeps on going away. And then I catch back up to him. And I say, hey, we need to hang out before you go back. And he said, yeah, we need to hang out. Then he just keeps on going away, going away. And then he just goes away for good. And not to say that I'm Einstein, but that was a smart ass dream, okay? Bitch, y'all, y'all think of the most creative authors and the most symbolic shit. Like, I could write a book off of that, but it was symbolic in a way. 
Because, yeah, like, although, like, like prison, like, why, why are you in prison? No, he died. Go back. So, like, me just wanting that to happen, me wanting him to be back here so bad. But I can never get him back. I will never see him again. He will never be back. And that part is just so fucking hard. So in my dreams when he was there... Eventually, I'm going to wake up. I can't sleep forever. But him being happy, him being himself the way I remember him being during his up days, that's what I feel like he is. That's what I feel like he's feeling right now. Since he's gone, he doesn't have to suffer with what he suffered with. And that kind of brings me back to this final point that I wanted to make just so I could wrap it all up here. It brings me back to a realization that I had earlier this month. I'll say earlier this month because I know it was pending the year anniversary since he passed away. I'm just thinking, um, if I were to make a post, like, what would I say? But it does bring me back to, to this, my dream, and along with this point that I came, came to, uh, think about. All this time, I'm talking... <laughs> About me, me, me. Me, me, my brother. My brother. I miss my brother. I want my brother here. Me, me, me. But I come to realize it's not about me. <laughs> it's really not. His death wasn't about me. It was about him. And I'm not going to sit here Blame God. Blame family for not doing what they were supposed to with his mental health. Blame this event. Blame any type of drugs that were laced. It's not about me. It was about him. And what he was suffering with for years. I'd say about five years what he was suffering with. Imagine waking up, being this this person who was, you know, in the sports, always joyous, had had hobbies, loved hanging. Everyone loved him, hanging out with friends, joking around with his siblings. And then one day, you can't leave your room, cause. You have these thoughts in your head that you can't control. You're hearing these voices 
telling you to do this, telling you to do that. You're not eating. You can't leave. You don't trust anybody. And he definitely knew he was sick. And he wanted to get help at one point. But sometimes it just took over him. It took over him. And for me to say, I want him to still be here. I wish he was here. It's selfish. Because I wasn't the one going through that. I wasn't the one waking up every day having to hear those voices, to hear these bad thoughts, to not be able to get any sleep. 24 hours, 48 hours, you can't get any sleep because of what's going on in your own head. And for me to say, I wish he was here right now, suffering, is wrong. It's not right. So, yeah. I miss my brother. I miss the good times. I don't want to see him suffer. And every time I thought about him suffering, it made me so fucking sad. When he was alive, it made me so sad to think about everything that was going on. When I saw him, when I came over from college for for breaks, and I saw him, it made me so sad. When he would speak to me sometimes, he was aware. He would always check in. He, he knew he was sick, but he always knew. I always knew that he cared. I always knew that he cared. I just remember him. He would text me sometimes. He said, are you are you good? Are you okay? He was going through all that. And he would always be so caring for my grandma. Uh, when she had a hip problems, even though he was going through all that, he always asked if anybody's okay. He always check in on everybody. Even though he was going through all that. I, it would be so selfish of me to, to say, I wish he was here. It's not. So when he was here, and he was happy, in my, in my dreams, in my dreams, and when he was himself, that would not be the case if he was alive right now. That would not be the case. Because now that he's not here, he doesn't have to suffer anymore. He can live. Well, not live. I'm sorry. The irony of that. He doesn't have to go through what he was going through on this earth. He really doesn't. And it just put me more at ease that he doesn't have to live like that. But it just really hurts that he isn't here. But it's not about me. It's about him. And I know they say this over there all the time. But he's in a better place. He is in a better place. He's in a better place. That's where I see it. That's where it lies. And that's the episode. <laughs> full of tears, full of crying, full of honesty. That's your episode 58 of a FanDuel fan. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Alright, 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 alright. That is all for today's episode, folks. 
thank you so very much for listening and hearing my pain and hearing my tears. If you would like to reach out to me for words of support, if you want advice, if you want a slice of pound cake, I don't know if I could do that for you, but I'm available on Instagram, which is at frenies.beast, and if you need me to spell that out for you, that is F-R-A-N-E-S-E-D-A-B-E-S-T. Again, I would like to wish all you guys a happy, happy Thanksgiving and a happy holidays. I don't know the next time I'll be able to record, but again, like I said, like I always say, I upload when I do upload, so be happy when you see a notification pop up there. So that's all for today's episode. And although I say everything that I say here, love your family, love them even more, hug them tight, don't be selfish, reach reach out for help. Even if you want me to help you, I'll try. Big Mama got you, but most importantly, always, 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 be prepared to offend to offend. Thank you so much, you guys. Have a happy Thanksgiving and good night. So if you want